0: Hi, guys. It's V. I recorded this episode at Jay's house, so I didn't have my typical recording equipment. And so my audio is a little bit off. So I apologize in advance, and we hope that you enjoy this episode regardless. It's not just about getting fucked or getting laid. It's about
1: experiencing people, having relationships. And then what I would like to add is that human experience of self-growth. Right, so learning about yourself
0: in yeah. the process
1: of connecting with others. Okay, let wanna talk Oh,
0: you're so healthy, guys. I'm like, caffeine. I need it all. Oh, I already
1: drank my cup. That's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. We're recording in the morning. We are Girls Gone Deep, where we're going deep in more ways than one, talking all things sex, non-monogamy, all the mental health stuff that happens in between. So welcome to today's show. I'm Elle. And I'm V. <laughs> Today... Uh, We're talking about dating apps, specifically geared towards lifestyle. I mean, we always hear about Hinge and Tinder and Bumble, and they're just not geared for non-monogamous or kinky people. So we would like to share our experiences with using apps and websites and things like that.
0: And I'd like to say my experience with Hinge, Tinder, Bumble, et cetera, is a little bit antiquated now. So forgive us if perhaps some of these are moving forward. I know Jay is on those and he was looking through the other day and I think there is a little bit of like ENM curiosity on them, but yeah.
1: yeah, you can choose your sexuality now to be non-monogamous.
0: Yeah, and so We're just focusing on the apps and websites that have worked for us, because I'm sure there are more out there uh, that are geared towards specifically BDSM, ENM, Lifestyle, Open, whatever you want to call it. So what prompted this conversation was uh, we listened to the podcast Girls Gotta Eat, and They just had on recently the CEO co founder, Anna Kurova, and she, it was an amazing interview. It was about how Field came about. So, for anyone who is not familiar with Field, it is spelled F. E E L D, little play on words. And I thought it was a very thought provoking interview. So I, I hit up Al and I was like, Did you listen to the latest Girls Gotta Eat? This is amazing. Like, this is, we need to talk about this. So I know we both have had experiences on Field. So actually, Al, how did you find Field? Well, I actually found Field
1: back in the day before when it used to be called Thrinder. Mm. It was the number three and then Thrinder. So it was mostly geared towards finding threesomes because Anna, who started the Field app, she kind of started out in the same situation where she had a partner who was male. And she realized that during that relationship that she was bisexual and she liked women. And so they were curious about bringing another female into the bedroom. And that's when they said, oh, well, we need to start an app. And so this is where – the birth of thrinder came in and then 2 years later they changed it to field. So they started this in 2014, which was awesome, but I I found it when it was thrinder, it wasn't very it was new, right? It still hadn't gained traction, it wasn't very popular, so it wasn't a priority back then. But I find that in the past like 2 to 3 years, 4 years, this has been the go-to that we have been using for uh, the lifestyle. I mean, we've been in it for eight years. So, the prior half, we particularly used websites, which we'll talk about at the end here after we talk about Field. But that's how I came about it. And I find that I am the most successful on Field because it's geared strictly towards non monogamous people.
0: Well, and I think it's becoming very, very popular right now. So, there are more people on it. And you know, I think there are other apps that I've tried, like Hashtag Open and Tap and Play and stuff, but they're I've newer. Never even
1: heard of these. Wow. Yeah. Well,
0: so they're newer, and so when you go on, there's not a there's not a large pool, mm. and so you know, hopefully they'll gain more traction. I'm still gonna hold out hope. I think it's cool to try new apps because also Field is becoming very popular, and. Yeah. Actually, I'd love to hear Jay's perspective on this firsthand, but maybe we'll get him on in a future episode, but I've just heard resoundingly that like, it's, it's harder for men. They have to reach out multiple times to actually get someone to respond. And we women, I don't know. So we're 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 skipping forward. I guess one of the things I want to say is on field, you can have a couple's profile or a single profile. I have a single profile, and I am inundated with messages and matches. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have to do a lot of work on Field at all. And I think that the male perspective of being on these apps is a little bit different Yes, a lot more work, a little bit more challenging to actually get a real human. Well, one thing I want to point out about
1: Field too, you just said you had a singles profile, is that when you have a singles profile, you can link your account with your partner. So mm-hmm. when you're you, when you're spotted, then that person can go check out your partner. And mm-hmm. I like that because then you know you see each other's profiles and you see different pictures, but you can also verify that okay, like these are real people. There's another partner here, and so I think that that may help the male perspective if they are partnered and they have a female mm-hmm. account linked in. But um, are you? So I wanted to ask you: Are you linked in with with Jay? No. Oh, see, maybe you should link your accounts and see if that helps him get more booty.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, I would be happy to do so. I just am so not active. And like, I think for a while we were kind of resistant to we're both resistant to losing some of our independence from each other. Mm. So I think, Mm -hmm. but if it'll help him get more booty, I think that's great. Let's do it. You
1: should do a trial and then you can always unlink it. Well, I want to, I want to go into just reading a little bit more about fields so that our listeners know a little bit more about it. So it is designed for non-monogamous people and their mission, and I'm going to read this, Field is on a mission to elevate the human experience of sexuality and relationships. It's a dating app for the curious, for those open to experiencing people and relationships in a new way. So it's very much in alignment with, I think, what we do and why it's why we're in the lifestyle. This is what this is for. It's not just about getting fucked or getting laid. It's about experiencing people, having relationships. And then what I would like to add is that human experience of self-growth, right? So learning about yourself in the process of connecting with others. So it's just like Tinder. It's like a location-based social discovery app. You know, you can put your, and how many miles you want people to be matched to you. Um, But some of the statistics is that they have over 2 million connections made every month. They have over 30 million messages sent by users every month. And so I think that that's a, a cool statistic. So I think it's the most popular app that I have found in the swing lifestyle because it's also been in media. I feel like New York Times did an article about it. It did. You know, so there's, there's a lot of traction towards this particular app, which is why we're, we're focused on this one.
0: Yeah, it's, I think the, I forget if it was New York Times or The New Yorker, but it's called the dating app for the emotionally mature or something like that. So then it got really popular. That was a couple months ago. Mm. But an article from Elle magazine where Anna was, interviewed, I really like this quote and they actually quoted it on Girls Gotta Eat as well. She says, I don't think there's just one way to be happy or one way to connect with people. I'm not trying to prescribe one type of dating, but I want you to question what's considered the norm and whether it's working for you. And I love that because I think- yeah it's not that openness and ethical non-monogamy is for everyone. And that's not what we're trying to do either. I think she kind of put it in maybe more eloquent words than I've been able to articulate, but it's just question what you consider the norm mm-hmm. and and whether it's working for you and and what, what else can you explore here? Yeah. And- I think that all of the options that they give as genders and sexualities and desires on this app also allow a lot of uh, room for and encourage a lot of exploration. So there are so many different desires to choose from, whether it's BDSM, threesomes, swapping, uh, voyeurism, exhibitionism. Mm -hmm. Now, you can see if your desires align with someone you match with and just play. And for example, something that I look for is shibari. If someone knows what they're doing with shibari, that's something that I don't have a lot of intense experience with. But to this point, I don't think like my
1: experience using field and exploring the people that are on here are not generally kink people. I think this this is the wrong place to look for kink. I have found some people, like they'll say like gentle daddy Dom, like some people will identify as Dom, but uh, it's not a part of their complete daily living or their kink or sexuality. So I find that I find more just swinger people in my personal preference of searching through it. And so you, you talked about being open and exploring and trying to find what works for you and what doesn't. I seem to find that there are more new couples on field than there are experienced. I get a mixture of both. I can't give you a percentage, but I think that there are a lot of new people. And I was speaking to Chet about this too because he's on all the apps. He's on Field. He's on Bumble. He's on Hinge. He's on Tinder. He's on even like the vanilla ones. And so – um, he agrees that most of the couples on there are a little bit new and it's just a little bit more, I guess, handholding, you could say, like they're just not as experienced. So, I mean, would you agree that you're seeing more non-monogamous people, swingers,
0: uh, kinky? Like, what would you say? I would say that is accurate as far as the couples that I've seen on there. However, My experience with Field has mostly been as a single woman, and I met Jay on Field, and I found the doms that I've had in my past through Field. Oh, wow. So through their desires, and like they say that they are a dominant blah, 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 and I send them a message, and I'm like, hey, I'm looking for a dom. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so- I My guess it really has been a little bit different from you, I suppose.
1: Yeah. I guess it, I guess it really depends what you're looking for and the mm-hmm. search terms that you use and how direct you are with your communication that you can unravel a little bit of that. Yeah. And I would say for, for Chet, like he's not into like a lot of that BDSM stuff, so he's not looking for it. So he's not seeing it or paying maybe, maybe not even, maybe it's there, but he's not paying attention to it. Right. Cause that's not his thing. Yeah. You know? So very interesting.
0: But I would say that the couples are a little bit less experienced and like any dating app, you know, it's the amount of time that you're willing to put into it. And I actually had a dating coach while I was on field as well. And she was a big... Supporter of, uh, you know, moving from the DMs to actual text messages to in real life. If you guys are vibing over text message, then move it into real life ASAP.
1: Yeah. So, how quickly would you
0: move from the app conversation to the real thing, like text message or kick or WhatsApp? I think it can burn out so fucking quickly because people get text message fatigue. So, it's like if you find this person interesting, meet for a drink, meet for a walk, meet for a coffee within two days. Yeah. That's what and I would say. Yeah. That's my
1: recommendation too. Like no, none, none of this banter bullshit back and forth, just, hey, and if you're flowing and the conversation via text is going okay in the first day or two, usually what we would do too is put get a date on the calendar very mm-hmm. quickly.
0: Yeah. And I think something to be said is, To me, within two days to see if you're sexually compatible and if the sparks are flowing, then that's I think that's not crazy. I also think that in addition
1: to the chemistry, if they're going to meet with you and get a date on the calendar calendar very soon, then you're getting their level of commitment to this, Mm -hmm. right? And that you know, if they're like being shady or not responding right away or delaying the scheduling, then you're like, dude, what are we doing here then? Like, what's the point of this? Are you trying to fish me? Cause that could, you know, certainly happen where you get played and you're sending all your photos and nudes and all that other stuff. And it's just some guy on the other side or some girl just trying to pull one right over your head, you know?
0: To that point, safety, uh, meeting in public places, sending your location to Your friends, um, Mm -hmm. your partner, and like having a check in time. And I would be very uh, open with the people that I was seeing. And basically, I would go on the date and I would say, Hey, what's your first and last name? Like, what's your address? Like, if I was going back to the person's house, I'd be like, Okay, what is this address so that I can send it to my friends? Um, And if they were weird about it, then they're probably not for me because most of the men, I was very lucky. I had very good experiences and they'd be like, oh yeah, I love that you're doing this, like keeping yourself safe as a single woman going on dates. Great. Here's my name. You can look me up on LinkedIn, send them my information, you know? Oh, wow. See that? I never even thought of that because I never date alone. I always date with
1: M. So I – didn't even cross my mind about safety because I had my husband with me. You know,
0: yeah,
1: yep. that's a nugget right there that everybody should take away because yeah. you never know who you're going to meet. Oh my goodness! Well, let's. I want to dive into a little bit of the uh, search criteria that's available. So, what I love about Field is there's t- like almost 20 different gender options and different like sexuality identifiers that you can mm-hmm. use. And I I just want to share a statistic while – because I know you're going to pull up some definitions because I want to go through some of them. Um, The statistic that I got from Anna in that podcast was that since COVID, field has boosted 200%. That's huge. And then when we talk about the sexual identification, she said that the Gen Z population, there's a small fraction of Gen Z users that are on there. And they are the least straight in sexually identifying themselves.
0: Okay, I feel really stupid, but what's Gen Z? So, I was like millennial, Gen Z, baby boomers, who's what? What? Right.
1: Gen Z starts from 94, 1994 to 2000 and something 10. Okay. So, we're we're millennials, we're Gen Y.
0: We're millennials. Got it. Thank you.
1: So, <laughs> so Gen Z are the least likely to identify as straight. So that's interesting to see that the younger generation is more open yep. to different things. But anyway, she says that the largest group of users are the millennials. That's as our group of people. So I think that's like 70. I don't know the years. I should really look this up because I don't want to get it wrong. Okay. So millennials are 82 to 94. Okay.
0: We are millennials. Yep. Yep. So we're millennials. I'm an elder millennial. (laughs) So there are mostly millennials on field. Mm -hmm. But she also said that there are
1: people over 50 that that population is growing. So that's interesting to see too.
0: Well, I will say you can limit your search criteria to ages or specific um, sexual orientations or genders, and I went through a period where I only had my search criteria of 45 and over because mm. I wanted, like, a daddy dom or, like, a silver fox, oh. and I had some some fun experiences with older men yeah. um, who were, like, 15 years my senior so, yeah. <laughs> so, as far as the sexualities and genders go, I also thought it was very interesting that she brought up many people change their orientation as they meet different types of people. And this really resonated with me because when I first went on, I put myself as heteroflexible, which is one of the 20 sexualities that you can put on there. Mm-hmm. And What do you think of the term heteroflexible? So first of all, let's define it. Yeah. So go ahead. Do you have the definition? Heteroflexible. Heteroflexible humans are primarily sexually and or romantically attracted to genders other than their own, but are also open to having sexual and or romantic interactions with humans of the same gender. So predominantly hetero sometimes sexually attracted to or curious about playing with people of the same gender?
1: I think that this term is synonymous to bi-curious.
0: By curious yes i feel yeah. like women
1: use bi curious because bi is mostly associated i feel like with women because that's just that's been accepted for so long oh you're bi with this girl's woman's bi so bi i feel like just because of cultural society usage is women and now hetero flexible i feel like is more predominantly used by males now to describe yeah i'm curious too i would play with the same sex it's situation dependent and i i've done it before i'd like to give it a try
0: I'd like to add to this. Uh, So by curious for me, has more of a connotation of I haven't really dabbled. I'm just curious. I'm a super noob. Whereas I could still possibly... Be a little bit hetero flexible because I am predominantly hetero, but with the right people, I'm very flexible. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I've had experience, so I'm not just curious. Like I, I know that I'm into women. It just oh. has to be very specific. That just came to mind right now as you were yeah. saying. Yeah, that, so. that's
1: a really good point, though. You're right. Mm-hmm. There is yeah. a there is a. I you just changed my mind. I'm very <laughs> flexible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So with the term heteroflexible, they talk about it in the interview on girls got to eat. There's a little bit of controversy surrounding that because it can seem very noncommittal or like people mm. who just use the term to to be kind of wishy-washy. Do you have any experience with women who are like that or
1: No, I mean no. I, I... It's always like everyone's always got to find the negative of it and everything. Totally, um, like Vanilla got the negative connotation. Uh, <laughs> like, um,
0: you know, we're gonna let Vanilla like <laughs> it's never gonna live it down. This is gonna be a constant. Like every episode, we're gonna bring it up and be like, "Fucking Vanilla!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I don't. I
1: don't think it has a non-committal. I think that it just still plays into it's situational if you're vibing with that person or not right? And you, it shouldn't be a negative thing. It's just, um, I just think it's situational. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, with the changing your orientation over time on field or more exploration, whether it's field or not, uh, that really resonated with me because I felt like I did start as bi-curious and then I was hetero flexible, And now I, w- how do I identify now? I'm looking up my... Uh, It's so funny
1: because I just checked myself and I put myself as bisexual, but I'm like, no, I'm going to change it. So I'm literally looking at the options right now to make my change and I don't know which one to choose. So I think we should go through some of these
0: definitions here. Uh, So, Well, I should put myself as demisexual because that's one of the ones you can do. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Uh-huh. Done. Demisexual. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I feel like I'm going to go pansexual. I'm very fluid. It Mm. doesn't matter what you look like. You just vibe with humans. Yeah. If the energy's right, I don't – you know, I'm not like – I'm not indiscriminate, like I'm going to have sex with everybody. But if I'm vibing and the energy's great and the sexuality is there and I'm attracted to them, then that's all that matters to me.
0: So to read the definition of pansexual, a human who feels attraction to other humans regardless of gender identity. Yeah. exactly. So that's perfect. That's what I am. Yeah. I think that's perfect. Um, asexual – Asexual humans do not experience sexual attraction in a traditional sense. Unlike celibacy, which is a lifestyle choice, asexuality is an intrinsic part of a human sexual identity. However, there is much diversity among asexual humans in how they experience relationships, attraction, and arousal. It's common for asexual humans to still seek romantic and emotional connections. Uh, This just makes me want to read that book Ace that we talked about in the past episode more because yeah. mm-hmm. i don't know much about asexuality and i'd love to dive into that
1: when you first were reading that definition i was like why would asexual even be in here but Agreed. you just answered it by saying that while they they're still looking for an emotional and relationship connection mhm so and that is you know this app is not all about sex like it can be but it doesn't have to be
0: mhm and I'm not sure if asexual people uh, if this resonates with them, but I will say that some of my BDSM experiences have been asexual experiences. They have been more about the intellectual mm-hmm. and uh like kind of spiritual and emotional connection and the power exchange the power exchange so i'm not sure (sighs) guys let us know if we're incorrectly characterizing this and i apologize if i am but let's continue the conversation But But I want to add to that
1: because the master slave discussion that I had about the wedding from the last episode, Mm -hmm. he, I feel like, it's not that he's asexual, but I found that they had less normal sex, if you want to call it that, like vaginal penetration. They did more of the BDSM power exchange type Mm -hmm. situations and it wasn't about fucking or
0: orgasming or anything like that. In a lot of my BDSM relationships... During impact play or bondage or during a scene, there was very little penetration or anything. It was about kind of everything else.
1: So, when you had the males, right, you had your Doms that were men, were mm-hmm. they hard? Do they have a hard on?
0: I honestly don't remember. Yeah, I'm so curious to like know that. So if one, you are a I'm thinking of the the one that was a little bit more long term, the photographer. Let's call him the photographer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um what he, two,
1: you know, V is the one on a lot of those sexy BDSM photos on our Instagram and the, the, the photographer was the one who took those.
0: Yep. there you go. <laughs> so but yeah, I mean he he was hard because I would give him a lot of head but and there was definitely penetration and stuff but I for me that was not and I think for him too that was not the main goal Mm. uh, of our
1: scenes yeah interesting so uh, yeah so the asexual is is interesting but I I understand that now we just went through that
0: and I think it's it's cool just to bring it back to what I was originally saying you can, as you're exploring, find better ways to kind of identify yourself and help to articulate to people how you identify as you meet more people and as you discover new things that you like and new people that you like. It's like, oh, maybe I'm not just bi-curious, maybe I'm this, maybe I'm... So Mm -hmm. as we just said, you're pansexual and I'm demisexual, so...
1: I just uh, wanted to go through some of the other definitions. Do you have them all up right now? Yes, I do. So there's one I'm really curious about because I just was like, what is this? Um, it's, it's called scolio-sexual, spelled S-K-O-L-I-O, sexual.
0: So they're primarily sexually, romantically, and or aesthetically attracted to genderqueer, transgender, and or non-binary humans. Oh, note that this label is considered controversial. While some genderqueer and non-binary humans use it to find peers, some people see it as fetishizing and othering. That's very interesting.
1: Yeah, never even heard of that. I was going to say it was in alignment with pansexual, but I guess not.
0: No, because I think you're particularly seeking out people who are trans or genderqueer Rather uh, than you just, you know, right. are attracted to anybody kind of. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. It does make sense to me. And every time I say something like I just shared of only seeking men who are over 45, it's like, am I fetishizing, mm-hmm. you know, a, a daddy kind of thing? I- <laughs> Anyway, um, so there's the sexualities and then there's the gender glossary. So, I mean, there's like 20 different things to choose from here too. And I mean, I think we both are just cisgender, someone whose gender identity aligns with the one they were assigned with at birth. Do you agree with that? Yes. I identify as a woman. Yeah. But you can
1: choose like a gender Androgynous, bigender, gender, gender fluid, gender non conforming, gender queer, gender questioning, intersex, non binary, pan gender, transhuman, trans man, trans woman, trans feminine, trans masculine, and two
0: spirit. That's overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, but i I feel fortunate to live in a world that it is becoming more and more. Accepted culturally to label yourself however the fuck you want, like whatever resonates with you. Yeah. But to that point, they also bring up something very interesting in the interview where Americans primarily have this need to label ourselves and identify ourselves with words. And maybe it's not as pertinent in other cultures to have to say, I am this and come up with labels. What are your thoughts on that or experiences with it?
1: Yeah. So I find that I would agree with this, that there is uh, this almost like a hierarchy, like we have to identify to something. We have an allegiance to something. We need to be a part of a group and all of that. But I actually resonate more with the European laxity of it all, because I find that I'm very fluid and I'd rather just stay fluid and not totally commit to a term. And then that be the end all be all of everything.
0: Yeah. What about you? I agree with that. When I went to Berlin a couple of times that, I mean, I think that's the stereotypical example that people come up with. It's like, oh, Berlin, anything goes like kinky, blah, blah, blah. But my experience of berlin was that it lives up to the stereotype and so the stereotype is there for a reason i felt so comfortable there everything felt very fluid but yeah that resonates with me much more and but i i also don't think that all european countries have this same openness and lack of need for Identify labels, yeah, labels. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's I like agree. Hmm.
1: it's almost like silly, like, why are we holding ourselves to these things? You yeah, know, almost limiting to do that to be stuck on a specific term.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, field, yeah, anything else to say there? Mm-hmm. I mean, I
1: just love that there's a lot of variety on here. I think it is better just to summarize, like, I think it's it's best for. Non-monogamous people, more like swinger type situations. And I think just as you alluded to earlier, that you can find very kinky people on here, but I don't think it's the primary spot for kink. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't rely on that heavily if you are into those types of relationships. What I like about field is that like you can create a free profile and it gives you really everything you need. So you can create a profile. You can define your maximum distance for potential matches. You can view the matches in your area (coughs) and you'll match with others as long as they match with you. And you can start chatting with them. So you have a lot of flexibility to to start meeting people for free. But if you do want to pay for it, the memberships are, you know, there's like one, three months is like $24. And so it's called the Majestic Membership. But what this allows you to do is that actually you can hide from your Facebook friends who also use the app. So I, I realize if you don't want your other Facebook friends to see you, but at the same time, they're on the app too. So <laughs> what are you hiding? <laughs> But still, it could be incriminating if it's not somebody that you're super close with. I feel like I have a lot of friend, uh, Facebook friends that I had years ago that are still on my friends list, but I don't necessarily communicate with them or have a relationship with them today. So I pay for my membership because I don't want people to see my my Facebook stuff.
0: Interesting. I was going to ask you that. So, but you just said
1: they're on it too. So. Well, like I said, like a lot of the people that are on there are people that I went to high school with or college with, and I don't communicate with them anymore. And I show my face on my field app. So if- they could screenshot my whole entire profile uh, and exploit me later on if they wanted to. So it's more for safety of my professional career.
0: But then you could do the same to them because they're uh, on it too.
1: Right. But how would I know who's doing it to me, who's mm. exploiting me? I would never be able to pinpoint exactly who it would be. Mm. So I choose to to pay for it. I, I don't even use the app that often to even pay for it. But I'm like, I still want to protect my privacy.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: I mean, and I could just easily just change my profile picture. But I don't know. I want to meet people. Here's my face. Like this is what I look like. I'm not shy to I'm not shy about that. And I've been that way with a lot of my profiles. So
0: one of my ex-play partners, I he's a higher up in a company. And I asked him what his thoughts were on that. And I'm like, yeah, like what if you know someone from work is on there and sees you? He's like, I don't care. What I do outside of work is completely different than what I do in work. It's not affecting my work. And you know, they're on it too. Like yeah. that's the oh, they're on it too. Well, I have a story about that. So Ooh.
1: when I was I was a manager of a of a retail location and um My boss was coming in for a standard monthly visit to just check on, on, on me. And so she was two years younger than me at the time. So I think I was like 29 and she was 27. She was very attractive, big boobs, (laughs) secretly had a crush on her. (laughs) So she comes into the, to the, to the location and she sees me and she goes, Hey, she greets everybody that I'm working with. And she goes, Hey, I need to talk to you. I was like, okay, cool. Like. What's going on? She's like, do you have somewhere private? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we go to the back, and she whips out her cell phone, <gasps> and she shows me mine and my husband's profile on Tinder. <gasps> <laughs> and she was like, "What is this?" And I was like, <gasps> "I was like, um, oh yeah, about that. Uh, my husband and I." Uh, and I just started like stuttering over my words and I was like, okay, I have to be honest here. Like, don't tell anybody this, but like my husband and I are in an open relationship and this is our shared account on Tinder, which we were using. But at the same time she was on Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> so she was like, oh my God. She was like, I thought your husband was cheating on you. Like, I wasn't sure what to make of it. I'm like, but my face is in the picture with him. <laughs> you wouldn't be cheating Cause I was going to ask
0: like, what was her point of bringing it up to you? What was the... She thought she was helping you and letting you know that he was cheating? Okay. Yes.
1: And I was like, nope, this is what we're into. And she was like, wow, okay. And she wasn't put off by it. She wasn't upset. She accepted it. She was okay with it. And it never really came up after that. Um, But there was some interesting flirting that occurred after she knew that about me. And Mm -hmm. it was fun and playful, but obviously I didn't cross those boundaries because I didn't want to. But she would... Every time she was near me, she would like she actually accept me a picture of her boobs one time without her face in it, like text messages. Like she was a little bit like just FYI, that's workplace harassment, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. You cannot harass the willing though. So I was willingly accepting those oh photos. I so mean funny. I wasn't yeah. So it was interesting, but yeah, that was my workplace. Cause before we got onto field, we were using Tinder to find people.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. I have never been found out, let's say, uh, but I'm so fucking open that I think I'd be like, yeah, that's it. But I will say since I do work with children, um, I, I I am a little bit afraid of that. But again, I keep coming back to if my employers <laughs> who I work with their children, if they find me on there or their friends find me on there, guess what? Their friends are on there or they're on there. And right. is it affecting my work? No.
1: No. And your history of your work experience and your performance is evidence that you know it's not affecting anything. So I can
0: have this outside life that- yeah. Fulfills me outside of work, and then also work with children and be a great role model for them in work. So. Right, exactly. <sighs> okay, so you said that field you would not think is like the first go to for kinky BDSM um, matches. Where would you go for that? L. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> my,
1: this is a website based profile uh, situation. And so it's called FetLife. So that is the most prominent one that I've used. And I've been on that for a couple of years for my kinky stuff that I've been interested in, which is like exploring my dom and the primal play. This is where I discuss. Um, this is actually where I first put up like heteroflexible and interested in by males because I'm interested in that. And so I felt safer to do it on FetLife than I did on Field. And so while we are on Field for that now, I I still use it. That's, that was my first go-to was FetLife for that kind
0: of thing. So have you had successful meetups from FetLife? Have you met people in person? So I – Have
1: one. I did. Yes. Um, I get a lot. I think this is like you mentioning with Field getting so many messages. I get hundreds of email messages because FetLife is primarily a free uh, website and then you can pay five bucks a month to get extra features, but five bucks a month is like nothing. So Mm -hmm. everybody is paying for it because it's affordable. Mm -hmm. And so I get really bombarded. So it's really hard to weed out the good people and the bad people. So, I have met made one connection. We moved out of FetLife and into Kick or text messaging, and so he was a bi comfortable male that we met, and um, I still talk to him to this day. It's been like two or three years. We've been friends. We've only met once because our rule when we first meet somebody is to not play on the first date. So we met him, had dinner. It was great conversation. And then unfortunately we never saw him again, but it was just because our travel life got really hectic and crazy. So, Mm -hmm. but we just connected actually a couple of weeks ago. So we're like, Hey, we really need to get back together again. So, but yeah, Mm so that is a great connection and I'm excited to play with him. So you have a FetLife account too, right?
0: Yes. So I created it because they have events listed in your area. And that's how I actually found out about it from a guy that I was seeing. And he was like, have you ever been to a BDSM dungeon? And I'm like, what is this website that you're on? And then I joined it myself. And so I've been to a couple of BDSM dungeons here in New York based on like events pages on Fat life. So mm-hmm. that's how I use it primarily. And then I'll meet people there. And instead of exchanging numbers or something, it's like, oh, what's your Fet Life account? And so most of my matches and my inbox is filled with people that I've actually met in person and mm-hmm. then it's like following up afterwards and you know linking our profiles so it's like kind of like a networking thing for me mm-hmm. and so I I like it for that. I also like it for I found a lot of <laughs> this is silly but a lot of inspiration just by like you know searching rope bunny or something like that. I would see really cool uh profiles of hot chicks tied up and how they kind of like posed themselves. And so then when I was sending like sexy selfies to people, I'd like use that as inspiration. So yeah. take oh my that, god what you will. But. Look, and
1: I think that's the paid feature. I'm not sure, but they have a whole section called Explore and it's like kinky and popular, fresh and pervy, um, friends and following. So there's all these sections, but I feel like this is almost like a porn site too, because there's a lot of erotic videos and photos and people and sucking dick. So it's like a dating profile and a porn site, in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm
1: But I really like this for the kinky stuff. You're going to see everything in here, which is awesome. Like,
0: it's very explicit. So whereas Field, um, they – I feel like they've gotten a little bit tamer with the pictures because I used to be able to post stuff like in my lingerie, and now I, it gets flagged on Field. On mm. Life. you can post anything you want, like cum shots and blowjobs and gaping assholes. Like I've seen all of it. So um, gang bangs. So if that's what you're into, yeah, everything. Go to Exactly.
1: Yeah. And to your point with joining FetLife for the events, there's also the web-based versions, website versions of like Field. So one that I particularly use is Cassidy. And we came across Cassidy with a K. So it's K-A-S-I-D-I-E. This was the first thing we started using back in like 2014, 2015. It was a very well done, nice website in comparison to some of its competitors out there, like SLS, which is really dated and looks like it's from like the early 2000s. Like it's not a pleasant website. But this is where we found Young Swingers Week and how we came across the vacation that we found. So they also post events, international, local and national events too so you can see which big lifestyle groups are throwing vacations and parties at different sex clubs or ex- or resorts around the world and what i love about this is when you find an event that you want to go to you can rsvp that you're going to be there so before you go to the party you can start vetting out the people that are there and you can actually start your connections in advance. And that's what we did before we went to Young Swinger's Week for the first time was like, "Hey, we're we're coming in March." Like, "How are you?" And then on these websites too, you create your profile, you show as many pictures as you want for free, and then there's something called a backstage pass. So once you like somebody, you give them what's called a backstage pass, which is which is like extra photos and naughty photos or videos that you want to hide and you can allow them to see it for like 1 day, 3 days, 7 days indefinite. And this way, like if you don't continue talking to them, you don't have to worry about your pictures just constantly being open to them, which I really like that feature because I find that a lot of these connections will start and then they don't really move much forward.
0: Wow. Oh my God. Thank you for teaching me something new.
1: Yeah. So, so I think again, Cassidy for me is a little bit more towards like the swinger lifestyle, non-monogamous, but I'm sure that if you deep dive, you can find your BDSM people in here.
0: Uh, Okay. And then you've also looked at adult friend finder. Is that right?
1: So I don't use uh, adult friend finder, but I know that that still exists. And I believe they have an app too. Like some of these web-based programs are moving to apps now because that's where everybody's headed. And um, another big common one is called SDC, like Samuel David Charlie. uh, Swingers
0: Date Club. (laughs) I didn't know what it stood for. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> so that actually I feel like is a big um, European one too is what I've heard and also West Coast. So a lot of Texas people and, and people out West use that. So same concept, profile, but it's what I would say these are very beneficial for is um, you get more access to more photos, more naughty things. You can search a little bit for events that are happening in the area and also sex clubs in your area as well. And then also scope out an RSVP list.
0: I think that's an interesting thing to note is certain websites and apps are more popular in different areas. And so I think that depending on where you are, you'll notice more interaction and more activity. So like with field, when you do uh, broaden your your search criteria, like geographically, I do find that it is more popular in certain areas.
1: Yeah. I a hundred percent agree that it is, it is very much location-based. So you're going to be hit or miss, you know, depending on where you are.
0: So if you go to a meetup in your area, ask around and ask the people that you're talking to, Oh, what apps are you on? Mm-hmm. Where do you have the most success? Like what is, yeah, what
1: is where it's at? Like you know, just to bring it back to the apps real quick and using the vanilla apps for non-monogamous has been a strikeout for a lot of the friends that we have that are using it because the women there, it's like a 50, 50 response that they said, like the women are like, Oh, wow, that's cool. You're non-monogamous. Your, your wife is interested too, but that's not my style. No, thank you. And then some people respond and say, "Ill, that's gross. And then they just block. They just have no open-mindedness about it at all. So I would say like just stick if you're in a non-monogamous and you're curious like don't waste your time on hinge or bumble or any of those monogamous apps go to these other ones that will you'll find more curious and open people
0: I have an experience with that I dated someone just a couple of dates and I found him on I believe it was hinge and I was very open that I was enm on my profile itself and so his message was something like oh I've had a couple of friends who are enm and I'd love to explore that further and I was like oh, okay cool like let's meet up and we did and he, I felt unsafe with him in the way that he kind of was in the bedroom. You know, he was trying to explore being a dom, but he didn't do it in a safe way. Like when he was choking me, it felt like I was actually ch- being choked, <laughs> Oh <laughs> like, wow! you know, and, and I set my boundaries and told him, I don't want to do that. I don't want you to do that. And or, you know, I only have sex with condoms with other people besides my primary. And like in the heat of the moment, there were a couple of times when he tried to be like, okay, let let me just like slip it in or like almost slipped it in and said like, Mm. oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that when he very clearly was just dancing around the hole, seeing if I would say, okay. Mm. And so I ended things with him and I, and I texted him and said that to him. I was like, Hey, there were multiple times when I felt like you were not respecting my boundaries. So I'm just saying this to you, not to shame you, but to give you feedback for the future. And I hope that you don't do this to other women.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful that you you brought it up to him. And that's exactly what this is all about is honesty. People don't know it until you tell them.
0: Yeah. So- I think, yeah, those are the main ones that we use. So guys, write in if there are others that you use that you would recommend that we haven't hit on. And we'd also love to hear your experiences with the ones we have talked about. Uh, Yeah.
1: And then like, if you know that in your area, there's one that's more predominant, there's tons of other websites we didn't mention. So I would love to compile a list of like everyone around the country, where do you live? What's predominantly used in your area? And we could share that information with everybody. And to that point, you know, we need to find out what's happening in Europe. So uh, we met a couple from Switzerland when we were at Hedonism this past March, and um, they talked about some websites and sex clubs that they go to in Switzerland. So I am very curious to bring them on as a guest so they could talk about the European swinger experience. What do you think about that? Yeah.
0: Oh my God, let's
1: do it. Okay, cool. Cool. All right, guys, we'll weigh in. So send us an email at girlsgonedeep at gmail.com. You can reach us on our Instagram, which is girlsgonedeeppodcast. Oh, shit, I did it right. Oh, my god! So message us there. Share with us what your thoughts are. And also, a thank you to our sponsors, Horrible Life, W-H-O-R-E-I-B-L-E, Horrible. It is a card game of Have You Ever All Things Sex and Kink. So it's a great icebreaker. Basically, you drink. You can strip to it. Um, and so we used this actually two weeks ago, we had a date with another couple and we found that it was a little bit challenging to switch over to the sexy stuff. We were very much catching up mode and chit chatting and we weren't crossing touch barrier. So we were sitting across the table, we had dinner and I was like, oh, we need to like move gears. So we started playing horrible life and it was all these things that they were adding to their fuck it list. And so, um, when we started to play, it was strip. So every time we did something, we had to strip. So, of course, course. M and I were the first ones naked. Of course. <laughs> So as soon as we got naked, they got naked with us. And that's what really like switched us into the sexy stuff. Mm
0: -hmm. And so while
1: we were playing, he was like, have you ever stand up 69? And I was like, what? No. Because I'm not like the most petite, small women. Like I don't get thrown around very often. I don't get picked up. And he's a big hockey player, like strong, like six something, over six feet. And I was like, yeah, like let's try that. Without even hesitating, he just picked me up and flipped me over his shoulders and I was, we were standing up and we were 69 ing, and I was like, oh my God, you just popped by cherries. Still eight years in, I'm doing new things, and you just created a new card. Oh my <laughs> so God. I, uh, so it was awesome. So uh, I love their playfulness. So anyway, Another guys. Another
0: connection made by horrible lies. <laughs> yeah. So check them out,
1: guys. Get 10% off your first deck uh, with the code Gone Deep. So thank you for tuning in, guys. I'm L. And I'm Vae. and I'll catch you next
0: time. And it's brunch time now. <laughs> I smell the bacon cooking. <laughs> <laughs> not not.